Down to Chat is brought to you by Swag.com. Uh, we are going to be talking more about employee retention in this podcast. And I think one of the super important parts of keeping employees is making them feel valued. Um, it's core to company culture. It's core to making people feel welcome. And so many brands pull out this janky old swag uh, that people don't want to keep. Swag.com is exciting because they carry thousands of incredible products from custom tech to apparel like North Face and Yeti and Nike and so much more. Swag.com works with 5,000 companies like Amazon, Netflix, Spotify, TikTok, Google, Apple, and a whole bunch of small startups. Um, what the most exciting thing for Swag, the most exciting thing for me on Swag.com is that you can create these custom gift templates where when somebody joins your company, they fill out a form. Uh, they go into on, onto this landing page. I know Cody's a big landing page guy. Hop on a landing page and you can actually, you know, brand this landing page. And it feels like your company's swag selection page, which is absolutely awesome. And you can ship 50 different swag boxes to 50 different addresses all on their site. So excited for that. Uh, if, you, if you use promo code D2C10 at checkout, you get 10% off your first order. Um, check it out, swag.com. You want the right words in the right people's mouths and then they build the brand. And you can't, it's hard to like hack your way to that. We're back or we're at it again. I don't even know what episode we're at right now. I think we're at seven. This was a, this was an interesting one because we had a planned guest and kind of last minute, um, he had a family emergency and if you listen to the last episode, Cody and I were chatting about uh, Matt and the team from Pila and Lomi, um, and we we're like, "Oh, that would be super cool if we can have Matt on the podcast to talk about Pila and Lomi." So, hey, Matt. Yeah, and then I saw Cody post yesterday <laughs> that you, somebody bailed on you, and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'll do this. I didn't realize yeah. that you guys were uh, mentioning us on the last one either, though. That's that's just like that's just dude. This shit was meant to be. That's hundred yeah, percent. <laughs> no, ha- ha- happy to have you. We're 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 huge fans. Um, definitely, I learned a ton from you guys, and and we chatted about you last time because we were just talking about brands that we think are building a little differently. Uh, you know, Eli and I are are very anti growth hacky. We're, we're we're very big like brand guys for people who aren't brand marketers, but like mm-hmm. trying to play a long term game, trying to c- treat the customer right. And as everyone knows, DTC can be very performance first growth hacking. I know we, you and I have had some conversations, but yeah, feels like you're kind of the same way, huh? Yeah, I, I think I, it might be an age thing. Like I'm, I've been at this a long time and I'm getting kind of old now and I've, you don't look old. Thank you. Uh, there's a lot of gray <laughs> in my hair, dude. Like, you know, and it's happening on the face right now too. Uh, yeah, I think it, it's, a. Uh, once you've been in the game a long time, as I suspect you guys have, you start to realize that like a lot of the tactical stuff is very short-term driven, might work for a moment, doesn't really do a lot for you over the long run. And I, I think it, it, I think if your goal is to build something that's like longer lasting, then you can't actually be super growth hacky. I think what you can build. Is that from experience? Like, I mean, I was, I don't want to say I was a big growth hacker. I, I've always hated that term, but like I was very like hardcore direct response, you know, like, yeah, me too, man. you can't track uh, it, a, it doesn't I'm matter. A, like, yeah. I spend like, I spend an odd amount of my time writing copy. Just yeah. I've seen that. Like, it seems like you're very fascinated and like, seems like you're kind of studying a lot of like traditional DR response. Direct response I do. Copy yeah. Um, except like, you know, and I think that honestly, okay. So like part of its experience, part of it is also that, uh, with the kind of customer we have, particularly for Lomi, like they don't respond well to like the more traditional DR stuff. Okay. Like I, I've even gone so far as like to test the, the, like, like think of a, like a pre-purchase welcome flow, like email series, right? I've tested like the hardcore, you know, like the, the straight text shit that you get. Yeah. From, I was like, going to say, you're doing, yeah. Like I've, that I've tested like, the, like, man, I've even ripped off the, you know the the like the classic sales letter of like the from the Wall Street Journal. It's like the two guys went to college. Yeah, yeah. And, I've handwritten that one like, a few like, hundred times. I have times. ripped that off and written a version of that for Lomi in in the flow and bar none what works best. Like so, I've like done this like seven series hardcore DR email pre purchase thing versus the like very branded, very pretty, like super high end imagery. 
um, and not a lot of coffee, and the imagery whips the shit out of the out of coffee. And it's like, and I'm pretty good at the coffee. I was gonna say it's pretty uh, interesting because, like, from like a GR perspective, like that's definitely against like what a lot of people are finding that works. And yeah, and it's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah ours, ours like. I mean, now I think that like it's super situational. I think yeah. you know, Lonely is a five hundred dollar product. You know, the customers like average age is over forty, has kids like mom or make sixty percent women, forty percent male. Um, it's like pretty affluent customer, you know, like our top households and top zip codes. Like we spend a lot of time thinking about like geography and super geos and who's the super consumer. Um, it makes sense for us that like a, a much more elevated brand image and experience would work for that crowd. Right? You think it's partly then like a status the, play? Like, it's status for sure. You know, like, like our customer is not, I mean, we definitely have them, but like I would describe our customers like not the hardcore green eco person. Like, mm -hmm. like um, the best example of like who our customer is is you know like the Kardashians have lonelies. Oh, right? really? Like that's our customer. Oh yeah, I was, was about to counter, say. Right? That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, it was, it was on the show. Yeah. Oh man, was that was that naturally they bought it or you guys seeded to them? Yeah, no, they bought them. They bought them that's last awesome. year for like all their friends for Christmas. So like. I did a I did a Zoom call with Kim and the family ahead of time. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super cool. And that was like a hundred percent. Like you know, Kim sent us a DM on Instagram saying like, "Hey, my name's Kim." My uh, name's Kim. I'm like, like, dude, we, we know, know who, who you are. are. <laughs> you know, like, hey, Kim, got you. <laughs> Wait, um, can we can we take a step back for a second because I know we are very familiar with Pila Lomi, what you do. Um, if somebody looks up, you know. Matt on LinkedIn, you'll kind of see somebody that is a veteran, has been doing this for a while, has built many successful businesses, has a background in finance and a bunch of other fun yeah. stuff. But I think what what if, if you head to the site and you start going through that discovery, like who is this guy? The first thing you see is like these folks are on a mission to unfuck the planet, <sighs> which I think is is stellar. But I think just, you know, like you're selling phone cases, you're selling a countertop compost machine. Both of those yep. things seemingly off the top can be like, okay, what do those have to do with one another? Once you do the research, you see they really do. So less about yeah. you, more about like, what are you up to? What are you doing? I'm, I'm like the, I, I think I'm, st I'm starting to describe myself as like the, the first internet garbage man. Uh, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> like that's the, that's, that's my pitch. Uh, I used to, like, people used to ask me what I do and like I sell shit on the internet. And then now I'm just like, no, I'm actually just a garbage man. And Amazing. so, uh, yeah, like, look, Pila, um, I'm very interested in waste, you know? So like the, our Pila case business was like, I, I was the first outside angel investor in, in like Pila, the company, right? Five years ago. Um, I still have my old company at that point. Like I was just in the process of selling it. What and was that? What, what was the old company? So I own a, a company. It's now, it's actually called Bounteous now. So it's like a really large software development shop. Okay. Like, like we built the Domino's e-commerce app. Oh, wow. It's like wow. 1.5 billion a year in transact. It was like stupid at the time. Crazy. Um, I, like my last company, we built like Shopify, uh, not uh, like Staples Canada. We built them out on Shopify. We ran like the tech stack for the entire province of Alberta. So like if you got, if you had to pay a parking ticket in Alberta, we built that. So like I've just been selling and do, like I've just been doing this e-commerce thing for a while. Um, do you have a technical you know, background? What's that? Do you have a technical uh, background? I, I'm a, a, a software developer. Yeah. Jeez, man. You're a little bit of everything. Like you're a copywriter, you're a CEO. I know you're a big leadership guy. That's awesome. Yeah. I, again, just old. It's time in the oven, guys. Like the, it's, uh, you, you go from, you know, like in my teens and I started coding when I was like 11. Uh, I went like, I was in my teens and twenties. Everything was about code, 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 you know, Started my first company when I was 20, I want to say 26, 27. And then I sold it, like bootstrapped it, built it over 10 years, about 120 employees, sold it to private equity. Um, and then kind of like invested in Pila because I loved the, like, man, the Jeremy, the founder had invented this material that he made a phone case out of. And it was like backyard compostable. And I just loved the, like, let's go after plastic waste. Like waste is super interesting. Um, and it, what the fun part is like, I get to do it in a, in like a consumer first kind of ground up way. Whereas a lot of people who work in this space go top down, like they think big systems, big infrastructure, it's like government, big business. Mm. Um, 
and I'm my my view on the matter is like three quarters of the economy is consumer, so I think we need to spend some time there. Right. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's the like phone cases. A little bit easier to reach, easier easier to get started, you know. Yeah, yeah. So like the phone case business was fascinating. Like we were when I invested, that was pre revenue. Um, hadn't really figured out like who the customer was yet. You know, like I would say, like definitely didn't have product market fit. That took maybe a good seven, eight months to find out like, okay, who buys this and why? Um, and then that thing just like, that took off like a rocket, man. That went from zero to 30 million a year in like two and a half years. Sheesh. You know, that was in, I want to say Phone cases. It's crazy. It's nuts. Yeah. You know, but like, again, like it was a completely new category in a very bloody, very competitive ocean. You know, like that's a multi, multi-billion dollar category. Apple releases new phones every year. It's like clockwork, you know. But Matt, I think what people, mm -hmm. what people generally think is they look at phone cases, they're like, it's a race to the bottom. Like you 100%. can buy a $6 phone case, right? Yeah, no, Kula I sell them for like 50 or 60. Yeah. Category yeah. creator, right? Yeah, so it's like, I'm a huge fan of category creation. Like I, I geek out on category creation, which is why I spend so much time on copy because like, I think when you create categories, you, you, most of the work is actually just in the words you use to describe mm -hmm. the category. And then like the words, you know, the category creation playbook is like, you got to put the right words in the right people's mouths, you know, like Cody, going back to your brand thing, like that's basically what you're doing when you're building a brand is like, you want the right words in the right people's mouths and then they build the brand, mm -hmm. you know, and you can't, it's hard to like hack your way to that. Yeah. That yeah. shit just takes yeah, time. Yeah. 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 That, I guess yeah. that's what brand is. Yeah. I always talk about kind of brand or branding for, for, you know, consumer companies being about what people say about you and, and how people feel about you. And I agree, yeah. like brand is like putting that in their mouths. It's, it's arming them with the emotions of what to say. Yeah. That's the, like the, the feeling part that doesn't get talked about enough. I don't think it does. Like I know Eli, like that's a big thing for you, but, um, mm. you know, the feeling part, like, so if you spend some time in psychology, like, emo like memory comes from emotion, you know, like when you look back at your life and you look at like all your memories, right? They're, those, like the things that you remember, they typically have like good or bad emotions tied to them. So it actually, like, if you're out to build a brand, a meaningful brand, like you really got to think about how you've made somebody feel all the whole mm. way. Um, because that's probably what they're going to remember right? Is that feeling like they probably won't remember what you said. They're not going to remember the picture or the words. Like they'll definitely remember how, how you made them feel. Matt, that's, that's what uh, brand is. Yeah. I mean, that's, yep. that's a fair way to sum up. That's what brand is. And everyone yep. gets so caught up in the colors and the logos, but like, that's just a tiny, nah. tiny, it's a tiny, 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 tiny part of what you're trying to do, which is influence how they feel. Yeah. Like that stuff matters in so much as like first impression, you know, but, but like I couldn't actually like, I don't I actually couldn't draw most logos from memory, even the big ones. Like no. I'd probably screw up Apple. I'd probably screw up Netflix. Like these are things you see every day and you still, yeah, I think that's not what you remember. I think for me, um, Matt, when we connected a while back, I mean, this is probably SmackDown and COVID on Clubhouse. Um, yeah. And I remember hearing, I mean, I've heard about Pula for a while and I think, you know, you and I connected on this, you know, customer experience tying into branding, like the way people feel is how they associate the brand. And I think, you know, we've, we've spoken about the fact that people spend a zillion dollars on, on their unboxing experience, oh, but then when shit goes wrong, you're just like, oh, I have no one to talk to. So you spend like $800 on a machine, you get the machine, it breaks, you have no one to talk to, but the unboxing was stellar. Yeah. Um, and I, I, that's like the first, I think you were one of the first people in this industry with a brand that actually was doing insane revenue that was like, no, we keep CX here. We yep. focus that we go crazy on it. Yep. We have a full team doing it. And I think that's like, I mean, this is, if there is no other proof that like putting experience and the way you feel first is like the, the path to a nine figure business. I think you have to, I think this is like, a good place to, to start. You can definitely like, there are people like there's people we know that do it like that have done like the, the DR thing well into the nine figures. Like, you know, I'm in a few text groups and they, they, they pull it off. Um, but I think that that's like, at some point you switch to, okay, what's the longevity of this? Right. Um, 
you know, and, and I, Eli, I agree. I think that, I mean, I look at me, like nothing in my business pisses me off more than when we fail on the experience side. So like, you know, we're like, even right now, like we're, we are, we're failing in so many areas post purchase, actually even pre-purchase, like the like phone number and like live video support is something that I think like we don't, we never even thought we had to do that. And then we started doing all this analysis on like loan on our Lomi customer base. And you're like, wow, they're old. Like they're yeah. like, we're a third boomers, a third Gen X and a third millennial and less than 5% of our customers are Gen Z, hmm. you know? And yet we built the entire experience based on our, our experience with Pila Gase, which is Gen Z. It's like 20, 22 year old travel the world female who wants to save the planet. Like that's the Pila Gase customer. And if like the, the, one of the reviews I saw this morning was like, I'm 70 years old and I love my Lomi, blah, blah, blah. Like it's just like they're 70, you know, like it's just a different customer. It's, and I think we have to look at that now and say, okay, like how do we design a much better, like, you know what I'm obsessed with right now is, um, uh, I don't know, Eli, if you've ever done this or Cody, but like, I'm obsessed with trying to bring almost like a software product onboarding experience, but to the, to Lomi. So funny you say that. We that's literally what we talked about. I have been talking about like yeah. What what, what do you mean by that? So like okay, so for a Lomi, um, we know that if a person's first cycle is great, they're a fan for life. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like if the first time they yeah. put something in there and then they run it and they check in the morning and all they see is dirt, it's like it's a it's lit like they literally use the word magic. Yeah. Okay. Then and how do you know that? What, is that? Is that something qualitative? Is that it's something super, just anecdotal? Like we see it in our reviews. We see it in feedback. Okay. You know, like if it's not a good first cycle, like that's where customer support tickets come from. You know, like it's always like, I tried this and it didn't quite work as I thought it would. Am I doing it wrong? Okay, so-, so I'm just hearing expectation totally. just ringing expectation in my head a thousand times. Expectation reality, yeah. right? Like that's, that's, yeah, yeah. that's perception. So, you know, perception is reality. And- so for me, what we're thinking a lot about right now is like, once you buy Lomi, can I deliver almost like a, like a geek squad, nerds on patrol, you know, like offer the ability for somebody to jump on FaceTime with one of our team to help them set the machine up. Like just like, it'll take three minutes, you know, three minutes to onboard a user into like Lomi into their life. And think of what that does for the entire rest of their journey with the product. Like a superhuman, are you a superhuman? Like user? superhuman. This is like I based yeah. it entirely on superhuman. I remember my my experiences. I'm like, man, this is genius. Like I still use the damn thing because somebody took the time to show me, and like I didn't just like fall off because I'm lazy, you know. Yeah, I well, mean, yeah. We're yeah. thinking about the same way. Like I I originally kind of brought up to Eli after listening to like an Alex Hormozzi video yeah. where he's talking about it, and like I followed Alex for years because I used to be a gym owner, and like I was like a hardcore marketer, like marketing is all that matters. Like it doesn't even matter that you have a good product. And it's like, obviously that's the dumbest thing in the world, but it's like, you know, for context, what he was talking about was like you using all of this data, like having your data in one place and using your data to kind of figure out what are, what are the the key milestones that your best customers are going to have. And Eli and I have looked in the past a lot at like cohort data based on like traffic source, first product, stuff like that. But Outside of that, we, we still use that. We're trying to look at like what what do all our best customers, whether that's by NPS or retention or anecdotal, yeah. what do they have in common? And I think for us, it's like our products are category creators. Like they're not typical beauty products. So using them correctly is the most important thing. Dude, it's like the onboarding. more we arm people. Because yeah. like, for example, like my, my, my wife didn't actually like the products very much. And right. like that's Bobby's daughter-in-law. Like she, she didn't like them very much. And then eventually like four or five months later, she did it. Like she did, had to do some content and some like Instagram lives with Bobby. And like, she was then it's like, Oh, I see how to use this. Like it just yes. took me a while. And like now yeah. she uses them. So I, again, you're huge on category creator. Like if you're selling, you know, if you're mad happy and you're selling shirts, it's probably not that important. But if you're selling something like I'll give you, for example, the first time I got out of my Tesla, it took me 15 minutes to figure out how to turn the car off because you don't have right. to. But I had no idea. Yeah. And like, <laughs> granted, I was so bought into the brand already. Like it wasn't a bad experience. Yeah. But the more you can do to just make sure people are like, here's how to use it. Here's everything you need. to know. When, OK, so I'm curious. So when did you get your car? What, like what year? Uh, this year. 
this did year, they, this probably did January. They do the whole like one hour sit with you and train you thing. I think they stopped that during COVID. No, okay. it was did like that. That is, uh, maybe. Yeah, it was oh, like yeah. a vending machine. See, it dude, was kind of like a vending machine, I, like no personal, which I don't mind. Eight like, years. I, I eight think years that's, ago when I bought my Tesla, yeah. I went to the dealership to pick up the car. Like I ordered it online. I did all the things. I thought it was the coolest thing. I go there and they wouldn't let me out of there without like a one hour orientation. Cause the, and the guy, and like, mm -hmm. I bought cars before. Like usually I just get the keys and go home guys. Like I didn't book an hour <laughs> and the guy was like, no, no, like we really like, yeah. this is unlike anything you've ever used before you know, we need to show you how to use it so that you don't like, you don't have a bad experience and you don't screw something up. Cause like, dude, there's all kinds of weird shit in that car. If you come from like a regular car yeah. to a Tesla, there's a bunch about like, there's a, like the doors, the handles, the screen, the like, you reboot the, braking. the car. Yeah. Like, I had no idea any car, of it. Yeah. If there's an issue, it's like hold the two buttons down and let the damn thing reboot. I'm like, no, no, you do that with a computer, <laughs> not a car. So that whole onboarding experience is another one of those like, inspiration things for me and then lately um so i ordered a rivian a year ago not oh did it. you get it uh uh a year and a half ago like i, I saw I one of my walk today list, but definitely not hit a top yeah. uh but <laughs> would i say like i think eli like what they've done is like they give me a person like a concierge right that mm. i can be i can contact if i have questions like anything i don't ever reach out to this person but like but you know you but have I a know person. I know I got a person. Yeah. You know? And every now and again. Yeah. We talk about that often. Yeah. yeah. We talk about that often. Do you worry? Just okay. one thing. We talk about that often. I think the the exciting thing for me around orientation is number one, setting expectations. Yeah. So like people know, like, okay, you might run this thing the first time and it won't be fully dirt, and that's okay, that's regular. Yes. The second thing in, in our universe, when we think about makeup, it's like every single negative review on a product like miracle bomb which is our best seller is the same yep. thing it's like it was too sticky it was too tacky both of those things are incorrect usage yep. and it's so easy to resolve properly the thing that we think about the most often is like what should be pre-purchase what should be post-purchase yep. and what method should it be and should it be a video should yep. it be a, a you know text should it be an email should it be you know and i think that we probably do a lot of analysis paralysis and we should probably just start testing it. Yeah, I think you just add the touch points and you see how people respond, right? Like we're the same, man. Like every single negative review on Lomi is uh, the, the first cycle didn't work as expected or hmm. I need a phone number to talk to somebody because the first cycle didn't work as was expected. Like we, we will get people say like, your customer service uh, is terrible. And my CX team is like, well, do we responded in like 20 minutes? What do you mean? <laughs> and then when you dig deeper and you ask, they're like, I just want to call you, you know, or like we had a, uh, this woman who sent me, like literally sent me a, a message, like a DM on Facebook. She's in her sixties. Oh gosh. And she's like, I'm having a hard time getting a response from your CX team. And I'm like, okay. And I talked, I went over and I talked to Sarah who leads our CX team. I'm like, is this, this doesn't seem right. And she's looking and she's like, no, I don't have anything from this woman. You know what the guy, her husband yeah. was texting our SMS number. And, and from a phone, he was on some kind of phone responding to like our text marketing, SMS marketing, uh, and was getting back an automated response on how he should contact, but like they were older, so they didn't know how to do it. Makes sense. No, it makes sense. I imagine text is probably not even like that big and important for you guys. It doesn't. Just, just it, saying that. No. Like I actually, like I my bet right now is I bet you FaceTime will. Think about grandparents. That's so man. funny. <laughs> so how do you think about like, how do you think about like, inc like, um, how do you think about like cogs and like gross margins? Like if you're, let's say every, every user, every customer you acquire is getting, you know, a person's time and an hour of their time. Like, is that scalable? How do you think about like, are you building that into like your contribution? I mean, yeah. Margin? Uh, I think we're so early in this that like, I have no idea what the human cost is actually going to like calculate out to I can calculate you can calculate so much in your business except okay. for that um I think yeah. I don't think the majority of people are going to actually require or take us up on mm -hmm. that kind of experience good point good um point. what I do believe is I do believe our super user will like every brand has mm -hmm. like 10 percent of their customers that do the majority of the like the brand lift right the word of mouth the all yep. the things um and I think that they will be the ones who are like very into it because like the, the definition of a super is like they'll buy all your stuff 
right? Like once they're in, they're like, they're in, you know, and you could just like continue to give them things and they'll buy it. Um, and they engage and, you know, there's just like a bunch about them. Like they're fully bought into whatever the, like the, the story is. Totally. Um, and so I think that like the, the people cost for us, the way I look at it is it's work worth doing. Uh, I like doing manual shitty things for a while, <laughs> you know, like I, I tell my team all the time, like, what, why is that? You think just like other people won't, other you people like doing won't. stuff that like your competition. I, I love that, do. man. Like we did this in Pila case. Like we did things the industry would never do. Like I would send out, we had our whole team record personal thank you videos for every customer in the Pila case business. Like, and people are like, that's not scalable. I'm like, well, it is when you find out that 75% of your customers share the same 250 names. <laughs> Figure your shit out, guys. Like, use, use your brain. You know, like, there's it's only this, like, uh-huh. Jen <laughs> and Matt. <laughs> like, you can knock That's a lot great. of customers off with, like, not a lot of names. Uh, and you can create, like, That's this really funny. personal. So, like, I, I, dude, I recorded, like, 40 or 50 of these myself in my backyard on my iPhone, one on one. Like, hey, Cody, just saw your order. Thanks so much. It means a lot to us. Like I'm actually in my backyard. I'm the founder of the business. Like I would do that. Incredible. Uh, and then like, you know, those videos are still being sent to people if the name matches. So it's, I think for that's so like, funny. that's how I look at it. It's like, you got to do the manual crappy, make your fingers bleed work. Uh, like Eli, to your point, like that's the only way to test if this, if your theories are true, right? is to like do the crappy work. Don't start out. I hate, like, I do not like starting out automating things. I hate it. You know, like, I feel like it's like, there's so many automated little black boxes that you can buy tools. Yep. Right. And, and especially in D2C, there's like, there's more tools than there is brands. Um, you know, so <laughs> like do, do the crappy work first. Like we're, we're going to put a, um, like a video, uh, like a live chat video service up on our site. So pre-purchase, if you'd like to talk to someone face-to-face, almost like you do in a retail store, like you can do that. I'm going to actually man the video like that for the first like couple days. What's crazy about this is, Matt, is A, nobody will do it. B, like I bet my last dollar that you'll see increase in conversion just because people will think like this is legit. Like these people are are on the fucking ball. And I think it's like... To your point, right? Like you'll send out this, you'll sell a hundred thousand Lomis. Ten people will actually FaceTime you for an hour, but every single one of those hundred thousand people will feel ten times more confident purchasing it. Which is like, yes, boom. that's yeah. like the the one of the I like man. Go back. I remember doing this on a site called Snugglebugs, which is like owned by a friend of mine. This sounds like baby stuff, right? It's one of the first sites I ever built. My wife, my wife designed it. I built it. Um, and Ben is still like a really good friend. Like we go mountain biking once a year together. So this go back 10 years ago, one of the best conversion lists we ever got in that business was putting the phone number in the header, like legit a phone number. It's like, if you need to call someone, you can. And I couldn't believe the overall conversion lift we got from just nobody called. <laughs> like yeah. the, the volume of calls was tiny. Oh, it was not just from like not straight up lift because of trust. It's trust. Yeah. yeah, trust. That's brand building, right? Like brand building is feelings. Like it's, it's how people feel. And then really what we're in the business of is like transfer of trust. You know, like mm-hmm. we're constantly as brand owners, you're, you're trying to, to create and transfer trust to the consumers that they, you know, exchange money for whatever problem you're solving for them. A hundred percent. I mean, our... I, I hate the normal DTC welcome flows or not even welcome flows, yeah. but like abandoned cart flows. Like you left something behind your cards going and like, we just redid ours. Like it's entirely objection handling. And when I say that, it's yeah. not like hardcore direct response, but it's like whatever we think there are potential reasons for not feeling confident enough to purchase. Like we're trying to just provide them education on their journey, whether that's how to use the products for us. It's like how yeah. to pick the right shade, how to pick um, the right shade. And so some stuff we do like, well, yeah. like, yep. yeah, We'll try to get them to take our quiz. If, if they've taken our quiz and they haven't bought, we'll literally off like do like a plain text email from a yeah. CXer and be like, hey, like what questions do you have? Like I'm Dude, here to you know help what? you. Like, and I, Eli, like after talking to Matt, we could probably take it up. Try, a try, try an email that's like, you know, whatever it's, whatever stage, right? In that sort of abandoned cart thing. Um, literally the email subject line is like, do you want to talk? That's it. 
just ask, like, would you like to talk mm -hmm. to someone? Like we can, we can get you on the phone or we can get you in live chat with like a real Incredible. person. They're right here in America. Like just try that kind of messaging. And cause if your customer's older, that like you gotta, I think like the thing is you gotta remember like anybody over the age of 40, right? Like I'm 41. Um, I remember the early days of online shopping. Trust was not exactly very high. So like there's a lot of PTSD for that generation of people when it comes to buying things on the internet. That's why so many of them love Amazon so much, right? Cause like Amazon broke through a lot of those trust barriers. But like, like my parents still talk about like, is there still credit card fraud online? Like if I put my credit card in, is that company stealing it? And I'm like, that hasn't been a mm -hmm. fucking thing in 10 years, mom. Like, <laughs> you know, like, come on, <laughs> Shopify, like <laughs> we fixed this, uh, but there's still all that stuff. So like, I find the, if you just ask people, like, do you want to talk? Like you can text us or call us. Here's a phone number. See what happens. You might find it doesn't do anything, but at least you asked. And you might actually get like, you might find out that shade has little to do with it at, for a, a certain percentage of your people. Yeah. Fair enough. Definitely. Let's yeah. test it. I, I mean, Eli, I'm sure you see this all the time, but like the only question that matters in any product for any customer in any category is, will this work for me? hundred percent. Yeah. Every question, every objection, Cody, that you're busting is just a derivative of that question. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, a lot of the times that, and, and the, what's funny, like, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but like for us, the shit all people always say first is never actually the truth. Yep. Customers, <laughs> yeah. like they flat out lie. Yep. They tell you exactly what you think, like they think you want to hear. Always. You know? Yeah. Um, dude, like my buddy does this. He owns a software company that sells into like schools. And he's another one of these like customer obsessed founders. He will spend like three hours on the phone with, uh, with a prospective customer. And he's, he will try to say as little as possible. He's like, cause if I just shut up and let them talk, I'll actually, I'll, I'll eventually get to the truth, you know? And it's, it's like, and it, inevitably it's like when they think the call's ending, they drop something like an, Oh, by the way, mm. you know, like, or they make an offhand comment about something that frustrates them. And that's actually where you should be focused the whole time. If you're growing fast, just like we are, you know exactly how hard cash flow management can be. You've got customers to acquire, you've got ads to fund, you've got inventory to finance, especially if you don't want to dilute yourself by raising around, what options do you have? Enter Wayflyer. With Wayflyer, you can get fast, flexible funding from 10K to $20 million at the best possible rates. No collateral, no dilution, just a funding you need to improve your working capital and help you grow your business. Join the thousands of businesses using Wayflyer to fund their growth go to wayflyer.com slash pod to learn more. It's crazy. I mean, Matt, I always talk about to my team, I say like the best, the best CXers in the universe are people that can read between the lines because like you're saying, the customer never, ever, ever actually says what's really bothering them. It's always like, I'm so frustrated about X, Y, and Z and it's not really X, Y, and Z. It's the ABC, yeah. but they're kind of like, because what I always tell my team is if somebody is way too frustrated for something that feels very juvenile, then we got to keep digging. Like if they're like insanely angry about an order that came one day late, we obviously set incorrect expectations or yeah. they actually hate the product. So let's ask them how they feel about the product and then we'll address yes. the delay to get to the, to yeah. the root of it. And the I think- The power of questions, man. It's 100%. Like, you ask the right question, you get, you get a much better quality answer. That's like, I, I've never, I'm actually like on a public set, it's like I've never been a huge fan of NPS because mm -hmm. I think it's like, it's very nebulous. Not enough questions. Right? It's not enough and it's not like, it doesn't produce like a whole lot of tactical anything. It actually, all it does is make you wanna ask more questions. Mm -hmm. So like, all I like to do is like, I like to go in regular, like what we do is like post-purchase in the in the thank you, in the order. I love this, email. yeah, I know where you're going. I always I like this. to ask yeah. a new question. Yeah. One, I don't include a fucking survey either. Like people don't like surveys. Mm -hmm. I just say like, hey, it's so-and-so, just respond to this email. If you could let us know that you got the email, number one. And, and just like, if you could answer this question, just respond to this email. The feedback's awesome. Like the shit you find out, like, it's great. Your question, Matt, that you, that you used to ask was like, 
what was the one thing that made you almost not purchase yeah, is my like favorite. my favorite question in the universe. Because that, that is just that. like, that's like what, what, what almost pushed you to not purchase is, I mean, that's genius. Especially in that moment. Like yeah. They're, they're, they're now in uh, regret. The post-purchase euphoria. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right before yeah. they're, they move to regret. Yeah. <laughs> So like you're kind of hijacking the the like the the dopamine hit from buying something. Yeah. Because um, that like next to your unboxing, that order thank you is probably the most open email you send out. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah, most open definitely. thing. Mm-hmm. We always talk about how you know to me, to me the most important thing around that post purchase. I think coming from Olipop, where a lot of the work we did was like viewing, you know, this more omni-channel business. It was 70% retail, 30% view to see. And what we saw consistently was e-commerce shoppers were more pissy about the price than retail shoppers. And the logic is quite straightforward. It's like, if you bought an ice cold can in a store, you enjoy it three seconds later. The regret is so tiny. Um, Whereas online, it's like you order something, you're like, oh shit, I just spent $36 on 12 cans of soda. And then it takes a week to get to you. And in that time, 99% yeah. of businesses say nothing because they're just like, let's just not say a word or they're already cross-selling, post-selling, upselling, right? Instead of like, let's yeah. resell the solution. Like, let's yeah. make you feel good confirm. about it. Yeah, confirm. Yeah. You know, I think there was a while where I think in Peely case, we were a little too selly, like salesy post-purchase, you know, and they hadn't even gotten the case yet. And once we stopped doing that, we actually started listening to people like, and this is the thing like when you actually listen to your customers, like really listen, um, you learn so much about your product and your, you learn a lot about your customer, but you learn a lot more about your product. Like I, I would say like as a company, we are not like I am, we are not the, like we're not in the best of all the marketers. We're very good at product. Like we, we know how to invent shit. We know how to make things like we know how to do that and we know how to iterate. Um, but I think the customer feedback, like you gotta, you actually have to like be obsessive over what they're saying. So like that whole, rather than sell them in the first sort of two weeks after buying a Pila case, we just started listening and talking. Um, and we found out that people, one of the things they loved about it was actually how the case felt, mm. like it felt soft to them. We never thought that, like we never in a million years thought that people were buying it for that reason. And we didn't even know that that was a benefit that people gave a shit about. But it's like, oh, it doesn't feel like cheap plastic in mm. my hand. It actually feels kind of like like a leather without it being leather. I'm like, my God. You know, so we we actually adjusted all of our front end marketing to lean into how it feels in your hand. Right. Um, most of like I would say the vast majority of our marketing and our messaging comes from some kind of customer review or feedback. Mm-hmm. Vast majority. Like, you know, we don't have to make that up. They could do it for us. So what is your what is your marketing stack? I would imagine it's probably a little bit different than the typical GTC brand, just with you know age differences and stuff like that, and what you're selling. Like what what channels are big for you guys, and just how are you looking at things overall? We've done like so. Pila Case is very like Gen Z, so D to C is the the bulk of that business, okay. right? Lomi, uh, you know, Boomer Gen X Millennial. Um, we are I, I, our theory is it's going to be a much larger retail business than it will be a D2C business. Are you in retail right now? We're starting. Got it. Like we're really early days. Like we have a launch with Sam's club in a couple months. Um, we're in, we did a whole program with Best Buy for the last three months with buy online, pickup and store and their top oh, wow. 200 stores that went well. Cool. Dude, we turned on Amazon marketplace and started selling like 30 Lomis a day without prime and no reviews. It's crazy. And no marketing. Makes sense what you're because people makes sense Amazon. what you're talking about. Yeah. People that you're not capturing for it. you guys, it makes sense. So like we have a product that needs light really needs to be seen. It's totally new. It needs to be explained. You know, our D to C marketing is like long form video. Um, usually I'm the face explaining the product. Um, heavy YouTube, heavy television, okay. not like we, it doesn't work that well. Instagram, TikTok, like it's not really the best channels for us. Um, Wait, does Facebook, Facebook do okay? For though? sure that works. It does. Um, not as good as YouTube and TV though. Like there's just a, I think that people are, when they go on YouTube, they're like, they are investing time in YouTube. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Facebook is still very feed and mm-hmm. scroll driven. 
you know, so like when you throw, I throw like a two and a half minute, you know, ad at YouTube pre-roll, I'll get, you know, 20, it'll cost me 20 cents to get somebody to watch 90% of that video. Mm -hmm. Like that's as good as a click all day long. Right. That's a, that's a real investment in time for sure that somebody spent watching that video. So, you know, we like platforms like that, um, that builds awareness. And then, you know, for us, like the way we look at channel sort of channel strategy with Lomi is like, it's going to be mostly about distribution points. Um, and that's because of price point. It's also because like, it's a kitchen appliance and think about like, where do people typically buy kitchen appliances? It's not really a D to C thing, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like it's Bed Bath & Beyond, it's Macy's, it's Best Buy, it's Target. Like, and these are all like, we're pretty much going into all the majors. Like we're going into club, Sam's club, Costco, um, you know, so like uh, my guess is like knowing what I know about the appliance industry now, it's probably like a 70% plus retail business. Interesting. 30%, you know, owned. Hmm. And will that change? Will That's your marketing guess. strategy change at all? You think how you'll do things with, yeah. Yeah. Way more TV. Yeah. Like just, we are just, just pretty much all awareness. Just go pretty much everything awareness. into awareness. Yeah. I'm also very, uh, like we fo we do focus on geography. Hmm. Um, like I don't, I don't, we don't have to market everywhere. Like when you look at it, like this is, I think a, 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 mis a mistake a lot of brands make. Um, and I think Facebook screwed this up for all of us in that Facebook's like the, you know, what's, what's best practice, right? Go wide in your advertising, go broad, mm -hmm. let Facebook do the targeting. Um, but we never stop to look at like, well, who is actually buying mm -hmm. and where do they live? Like, tell me about these people. Like you can't just say Facebook, you tell me about these people that Facebook's not going to tell you shit about what targeting is working. You know, so we recently had like a whole bunch, we had now like this, uh, this company go do a bunch of work for us. It was actually part of a venture fund that did this. Um, and they went through all hundred thousand customers and they like mapped it up against these like large data sets from Equifax, Oracle, like all kinds of stuff. Right. And they spit out this like psychographic demographic analysis of our customers and then they broke those hundred thousand customers into like the top ten household types that those customers live in. Mm -hmm. So like they're like, here are the people, right? Here's where they live. This is like the kind of income they have. Here are their belief systems. Here's where else they shop. Like all this stuff, and it was, and it was, it just became abundantly clear. We're like, wow, you know, like there's, we have fifty zip codes in the USA with about a million homes. Um, and in that 50 zip codes, we already have several that are like at a one and a half to two and a half percent penetration rate at household level. So if that zip code, like look at Calabasas, right? Calabasas has got like 2000 homes and I've already got 2% of them. So, you know, tipping, tipping point math is like get to 5% household penetration. And all of a sudden in a very small area, you are, you are perceived to be everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you just kind of start and like, therefore everyone's area. like, well, I want one. Yeah. Right. So I care, I care a lot about like, I care about channels and then I care about like the, like we do actually care about geography. Like I, I, you know, we're trying to tip geos before I try to tip channels. That makes sense. So, so like, if you look at that and you're in like 2%, are you trying to bomb that area with like TV? Are you doing any direct mail? Yeah. Yeah. TV direct mail. Now, like we're just starting direct mail. So instead of like a regular direct mail piece, we built like this little 12 page, sort of like mini magazine. Nice. That's got like some gardening tips in it and you know, a bunch of other shit. It's got a letter from me. Like it's just, you're less likely to throw something out that looks like good. <laughs> uh, it's not like a one page, like buy my shit. Yeah. Um, you know, so we're doing all that. And then, and then like, we're going to, dude, we're going to go deep there. Like we're going to join like local Facebook groups. Um, we're we're going to test like attending farmer's markets in those areas, you know? So like you're going old school. Team. It's, but it's, but it's like that, that's kind of how this works. <laughs> oh, I love it. No, I didn't mean that as a bad thing. I love it. It's like the reason why we wanted to have you on is because we wanted to chat about like just building stuff differently and not just like, Oh, we're running Facebook. We're running TikTok. Like I think we're nah. all super bored of hearing that. Even if it does yeah, work, we're also, all super bored of hearing so it. It's so narrow. Yeah. I think, I mean, like, guy, like look at the data, man. Like look at the percentage of transactions that still happen in store for most categories. Right. And you, you we can, the digital marketers love to like squabble 
over like, well, how much of that was influenced by, by online? I'm like, I don't give a shit. It <laughs> happened in store. Okay. Like they didn't trust you enough to do it online. Yeah. <laughs> they went in. So even if you're right, get your shit together in real life. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. You know, 85% of your dollars are, are there. Um, so I, I think that like the, you know, I've been in this like e-commerce thing now for 15, 16 years. The last six to eight is really the like the echo chamber of D2C came up like is really that's like yeah. it became dogmatic. Right. And before that, like my business partner, Brad, he's almost 50. His last company was a toy company, like well into the like the nine figures, multi nine figures, all retail, like did very little online. And everybody was always telling him like, dude, like you got to go e-commerce, e-commerce, e-commerce. He's like, but Walmart. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like Target, Toys R Us, like they do massive volumes. Um, so, and, and I think it's very product dependent. I think it's mm -hmm. super category dependent. Like, you know, this is just my experience um, and with these products. I mean, Matt, I think shifting consumer behavior is is just like I mean, I I'm coming from a universe where we were trying to sell twelve packs of soda online, shipping to your yeah. door. That shit's hard. That's so hard, <laughs> it's hard. Man. Like, I'm not, I, I don't try new soda online. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, maybe I'm just yeah. I, like, I don't know. Like, that's just not a thing I'm going to do when I'm in Whole Foods though. Or like I, I spent the month of March in uh, Manhattan beach and you know, I went into an air for the first time and I'm like, I tried what a all universe. Shit. Yeah. Air like, is like a, all of it, man. I like yeah. my wife and I went into air and I filled like, you know, those little baskets. That's, that you got? that's a thousand dollars. Dude, I, I, we bought like $300 in fucking drinks. <laughs> like, yeah. It was just like, I want all the things, you know? Yeah. Number one, I'm also in Canada. I don't get any right. stuff. But we tried, I tried everything. I tried Olipop for the first time. I like, We tried all the drinks, mm -hmm. you know? And like, just kind of went home. Any favorites? Anything stick out? No. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I, they're so, it's like, that was March. August, it's August now. And I'm like, I yeah. forgot. But So none of them are, like, are on subscription now. <laughs> no, I don't. And I, I didn't go home and order any of that crap either. You know, uh, I mean, Matt, what's crazy about that is, is like, I think, you know, as somebody that is no longer in that industry, looking back, I think the reason why Olipop was such a success and we built from zero or 100 subscribers to 10,000 people getting Olipop monthly is because we were omni channel, because we had yep. this. We seventy percent was still retail, so people would try it in retail, yeah. and then like, oh, I want to order a couple of cases, or vice versa. But I think flexibility is so important. I think like it, yeah. I think you're spot on with Lomi. It's like this product is expensive, potentially like a large group of this population of people that are purchasing it feel more comfortable in retail. But I think giving consumers the choice is probably the ultimate uh, goal. But I think I think it's the fact that we were able to even sell soda online shipping. 12 packs across the country is fucking bizarre. I mean, that, that fact that that even it's, works it's, is it crazy. Shows you, like there's definitely a paradigm shift happening in real time, like right in front of our faces. Crazy. It's not very fast, Yeah, but like that is where we are, right? Like you can buy a lot of things now and get it delivered to your door that people would have done that five years ago or 10 years ago. And like Shopify, you know, like Harley, man, I've known Harley almost 14 years at this point, but like Harley has been talking about like, you got to be where your customer is. They've been banging that drum for as long as I have known mm -hmm. those guys. Um, and they're not wrong. You know, like the nuance in all of it is you don't sell to every customer. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. Like not every American is not your customer. Mm -hmm. You know, to say like women over 40 are all going to buy Jones Rub, it's not. Mm -hmm. Like if there's like, there's a segment of the population, it's going to be a very big one, right? Like that's your, that's your actual like sellable, addressable market. Um, and you know, meeting those people where they want to be. Mm -hmm. Like it's bonkers. Like we put, are you guys familiar with like the, the MoMA museum of modern art? Yep. Um, they yeah. have like these design stores in New York. Okay. It's so, like, they have these shops all over town. Um, they asked to sell Lomi's in these stores. And like, I, I've never been into a MoMA wow. in my life. Like I didn't even know, I didn't, I, I'm like, I know what the museum of modern art is. I didn't realize you had a retail, like you had retail shops. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so I'll give you like, here's the, this is, this is how I know that like Lomi is a better retail product than it is DC one in the world of small appliance in retail. Okay. The average small appliance on a per store basis will sell like 0.5 units per week per store. Mm -hmm. 
okay? We put Lomi into all the MoMA stores in New York and they sell seven Lomis per week per store. That is insane. That, that's right? wild. Because somebody can see it. They, they walk mm. up, they're like, oh, I think I've se- I saw a YouTube ad or a TV ad for that. Mm. Talk to somebody in the store and they can walk out with it. That's your brand. Right? That's, that's brand. Yep. That's like, you know, so I catch shit all the time from, you know, my, my DR friends. <laughs> like, you know, YouTube, does, YouTube doesn't work as a DR channel. I'm like, well, I don't know, man. Like, if you saw my brand search. I feel like at this yeah. point, Matt, I mean, <laughs> if you fucked around and ended up at a, at a Calabasas um, market, a little, uh, you know, like a little, uh, a little moment over there, I think you'd be recognized. I feel like you'd be recognized walking down any street in New York at this point with the amount of views you've had on your ads and you being the face yeah, I know. of most That's of it. Like, yeah, I, I had that in like the LA airport. I had like somebody stop like actually like <laughs> standing in line somebody was like i recognize you from somewhere incredible and like the, the wife is like it's that's the guy with the machine the... <laughs> i'm like Fuck. you've been hitting that uh, zip code yeah dude yeah yeah that video's been watched like some version of our hero video has been watched maybe 130 million times i mean and then that's the other crazy. one with with gareth Jeez. your your cmo gareth also oh, God. i mean that that like the lifetime supply of dirt yeah that video was like Dude, that was so funny. Like, imagine, like we shot that in our office. A zillion had, views. Dude, it was so funny. Like, they actually, like, our videography, like, our team, like, brought in, like, a giant pile of, like, fucking manure and dirt, and they buried Gareth in it. I'm going to link <laughs> that, that in was, the show notes. That was the video. It was awesome. Um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm like, okay, so, like, Cody, I'm a big fan of, like, narrative, well-produced video. I think it's like the, it's actually the underutilized asset in D2C now. That's the funny thing. Uh-huh. It's gone all UGC and we haven't actually done it a lot. It's all UGC <laughs> it's right now at least. insane. You know, like go back, go back just like a few years and look at what like the Harmon bros used to do, you know, like watch like the purple mattress videos and like you can criticize the mattress companies all you want, but like some of their stuff was incredible. That dollar shave video. Insane. The Dollar Shave video, like, you know, they don't have to be funny. Like the Harmon Bros, everything was about comedy. Um, same with Dollar Shave, but like, you can do, you can do all kinds of long form video where like you just ask really compelling questions as you're opening, right? Like the Lomi video was the first video was what if you could change the world with the push of a button, and the one after that such was, a, that's such an amazing hook. It's so simple, but it's you can't not want to watch after that. You have to watch. Uh, and then the second one that like went really ballistic, the intro was, what if you could get rid of your garbage at the push of a button? Genius. Right? Like, so it's just like questions. And okay. they're not funny. You know, it's just me. Like, dude, there's nothing special about watching me talk on video. Um, but they well, work. Well, I mean, I think the, the thing that you've gone uh, pretty popular in, the, in, in our D2C Twitter world is around your tweets of questions to ask. Like, I think in general... Yeah. You, you've been thinking about questions to ask in interviews, questions to ask about culture. And I think that, I mean, I'd love to hear more about That's your leadership, mindset. leadership, man. Yeah. Leadership is like, ask a question, shut up. Like, just shut up. It's, it's probably also good marriage advice. <laughs> well, it's also, you said that's earlier, that's like sales is ask a yeah. question, shut up. Kind of yeah. marketing too. Then marriage yeah, advice. Is. Yeah. 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 I think as marketers, like, uh, you know, I think Cody, even you said this, like we were talking, I was just like chatting on Slack about landing pages, right? And it's like, you're, everything is about just getting like the, the smallest little yeses you can and like walking people through la- like yes ladders. Like it's such mm-hmm. a classic marketing thing. Yeah. Um, it, most of that is like, in order to get to yeses though, you have to ask people something. Mm-hmm. So like, instead of asking them to do something, I also like, I just like to ask questions in our funnels to see what people respond with. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gets them invested. So like, you're really... Like the DR in me is like sunk cost bias all the way, man. So like mm-hmm. the more little yeses I get, the more invested they are in us. Um, oh, totally. No, and that's what I love when you can take like the direct response principles, not necessarily take like the tactics, like take like brand building tactics, but like put those direct response principles in there. And I think it's super powerful. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, DR has a place, right? Like you need short-term performance. Um, you can't just like do brand building long-term without short-term performance, like, you know, I have a, I got a board, I have investors. I have to, I, I respond, I, I report to them. So it's like, there's still a performance angle to the business, but you know, 
the right board, the right investors, the right team also looks at it like this is not a one quarter game. This is probably not even a For sure. one to three year game. This is like likely a, you know, like most businesses take at least two seasons, right? It's like the two five year seasons to, for most businesses. There's exceptions, you know, start and finish in under five years and one season they're in and out. But most are like, you should be looking at it like 10 years. If you're, if you're in it for like an exit or some kind of outcome, right? Yeah. Um, and if your ten, if your if your five to ten year business is predicated on the success of one single ad platform, I think we can all agree oh. you're kind of fucked. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> that's where I think Cody. You know, watching what you tweet, like, and I think, you know, it's funny. Like, I'm in a, a bunch of these like iMessage and text groups um, with a whole bunch of bigger brands, and like they take a, a much longer view of things. Yeah. They for sure do. And Ridge Wallet is a great example, right? Yeah, I mean, like, Sean's got a group that he set up where it's, like, everybody's in the nine figures plus all multi-channel. Like, I will say Ridge, Sean, and Connor are freaking unreal, and they're, like, definitely two of the smarter people I've ever encountered. Uh, Like, they're wild. Um, (laughs) But, like, most of the brands that are in the group are, like, retail-heavy, multi-channel-heavy, very long view. Sean, they both take a long view. Like the, the way they're building that company is very long view. They're, they and they lean much more performance marketing heavy, mm-hmm. and but they still do it. Like they still look at it from a like, how are we building the brand perspective? Yeah, and I also think na- it seems like now they're they have the awareness that like to get to whatever the next step is. You know, I know they yeah, want totally. to be like Yeti size. Like they know they're not going to get there through Facebook ads through like optimizing their landing pages. No, you guys should have Connor on, man. Connor's. Connor as a yeah. marketer is like, he is wicked smart. I've spent some time with Connor and like, he's wicked, wicked smart. Um, yeah, he's smart. If you I've want to do with like him just and a performance both. marketing episode, like that's the guy I would bring on. Um, you know, cause they, they just, they like, they tried so much. It's so much fun to watch them build. Um, even though Sean's mostly a shit poster. I think he'd agree with that. Yeah, he would. He would. <laughs> Shit posts in our pri- in our freaking iMessage group too. I think um, you'd agree. But I yeah. think like I, I really I think there's like a handful of like standout people in this community that are doing like th- that we're all trying to climb the same mountain. Everybody's taking a different path up. Like that's the fun that's the fun thing with this. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, even people who listen to podcasts and stuff, like it, it's you can't just mimic what somebody else does. Like that actually doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like what we do for Lomi it works for us right now. And even then I would say like, there's lots of stuff that isn't working for us right now. So like, you know, do not just look at us and say like, I'm going to go do that. Um, yeah, but yeah, I agree with that. But also what works for you guys would probably not work for most DTC brands. Go God. No. Oh my God. No. Like, you know, we, uh, in this, in this one group that we're in, like I'm the only one that makes YouTube work, Mm -hmm. but I'm the only one selling something for 500 bucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How long is that consideration phase? Pardon me? How long is the consideration phase, do you think? Dude, months. Like, we still yeah. have people, like, we will see it in Instagram comments and, and video comments. Like, this is on my Christmas wish list. Yeah. Like, you know, I'll, we'll have people that'll be like, I saw this last year and I've been thinking about it. Uh, and every time I see that, by the way, like, I will actually personally, like, I message people, like, I DM them no and I ask it. them, what, like, tell me, like, what is it? Like, uh, do you guys know Leanna Patch? She's on Twitter. Yeah. She's like a copywriter. Copywriter. So Leanna, punchline. Yeah. yeah. Punchline. Uh, she's great too. She's like, I mean, she's like super funny. Um, so Leanna, I, I posted something about Lomi like maybe a week or two ago. And Leanna's like, oh, I've been meaning to get one. And I know Leanna. So like I, I'm like, I instantly go into Twitter DMs. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like Leanna, like what, what is it? Why are you not buying yeah. it? And the nice thing with Leanna is like, she actually took the time to think about it. She's like, her first response, and I'm sure she won't mind me sharing this, is like, she's like, honestly, I, uh, I don't know anything about composting. So I've, I've been like kind of intimidated to even mm-hmm. start, you know? And, and in true Leanna version, she's like, I feel like I need to start with the basic bitch version, which is just a bucket on my counter. <laughs> like that's Leanna. Like she's just, a, she's a yeah. freaking comic all the time. Uh, and then actually the, the most insightful thing that uh, she said, which got us asking more customers this, 
which is she's like, I've also bought a lot of stuff for my kitchen that I no longer use. Hmm. And I don't know if I, if this fits, like, I don't know if I'll use it in mm-hmm. that like little tweet that like little DM she sent me. I'm like, I went to our, our marketing team and I'm like, is this common? Can we find out if this is common? Cause mm-hmm. if this is common, put this crap on our landing page. <laughs> like, let's like get it. That, up. That's where I'm at right now, by the way. Like I, I told you that like I got, I got one for my dad and my, yeah. my dad and brother are using it all the time. I'm building a house right now and I'm like, probably like 70% going to get it, but yep. I, I have no idea if we're going to have room for it. Do and well. then also like my wife is going to kill me. Cause like, we're not using the Instapot and the air fryer. So like if I get another yeah, thing, the thing that we don't Most use, she's going like to kill me. Coming off the air fryer high, which has got like a, a 50% household penetration. You should do like an point. air fryer buyback program. Can you do like, can you buy back my air fryer? No, no, credit? I don't want, I don't want them. Uh, and this is the That's thing. Funny. So like, and, and a lot of like, you know, our challenge as in this particular product category is like, we have to get people out of comparing Lomi to air fryers and blenders. Same shape, and huh? Dude, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> you have to compare it to a dishwasher, mm-hmm. right? You use dishwasher every day. Nobody looks at their dishwasher. No wife ever is going to ask the husband, like, did you really need to buy that dishwasher, man? Like what a stupid ass, but nobody says that. Right. So it's kind of a, like, we have to get that, like it has to be framed into, this is a daily use appliance, not a, I'm gonna pull it out and use my air fryer once every three weeks when I have company over. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, dude, this is like the nuance of customer journey is fascinating. I mean, to kind of take this full circle and wrap it up, like that's category creation. It is, it is like you're, how, yeah, man, it really how is. How are you doing that? Is that just everywhere? Is that just, that's branding and being consistent in every messaging, like showcasing that? We spend a lot of time on words and like, what do we say? When do we say it? Where, what's the medium? Um, like even the, you know, the guys that, so like Christopher um, Lockhead, Eddie Yoon and Nicholas Cole, they all built, they have this, this sub stack called category pirates, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So like, I got those three guys to be on our board of advisors. Like I literally mm-hmm. like, like I'm going to give you guys options, shares in our company. And I want you to help us think about what it is to create categories. You know, so like, I'm just, you know, I gather up the smartest people I can get them into this brain trust. And then we spend every two weeks, I get on the phone for an hour and I'm like, I talk about like, here's what we're learning about the customer. Here are the, like, here are the words that are working. Here's what's kind of falling flat. And then they help us shape sort of messaging and ideation around like future products that we could sell to these people and like all of that. Like, so, you know, category creation to me is the, is like, we, we focus, I only actually really care about like 10 to 20% of my customers. Like the, I care about the supers a lot. Mm-hmm. Everybody else has like so many varying reasons for buying and doing something that it's hard to cater to them, mm-hmm. you know? Whereas like if I just cater to this 10 to 20% and I get better and better and better at them, the, like the brand will build, like they will do the work. So yeah, I, 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 that's how I look at it. All right. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but you've clearly left Eli and I speechless. So we got a lot to think about, but now this, <laughs> oh, th- this was, this was awesome. Really, really, really appreciate you coming on, especially last minute dropping no, dude, bombs this i think is so this is this is pr- probably one of our best episodes yet if not the best so i'm super excited for this to come out yeah let's see let's see what people think and i dude and, i uh, i don't say this often but i i just fucking love your brain mm. like i i just love the way you think i love the way you're building i mean we've had a couple of conversations and every single one i'm just left like I, I'm I'm inspired by the way you think about multi. Like I think for very many people have like one thing they go deep on. You are like very deep <laughs> on a million different things, um, but super passionate about it. And yeah, I mean, like I think that you, I can talk to you about customer experience and go deeper than most. And that's like one of the zillion things you're doing every day. So I'm so I'm inspired. Fun. Yeah. Like yeah, that's I'm inspired. Like, you know, I can tell from all the people on Twitter, like I can tell that Cody actually likes what he does. Like, <laughs> yeah. tell. 
right? Like they're, they're a lot of like, growth people are kind of bitter, huh? I'm obsessed. Yeah, they're like kind of curmudgeon, <laughs> you know. And then you know, like there's just some people that like they just this is the like I, I I love like I'm such a believer in like network is your net worth, and you know like trying to collect the the best people and bring them into your life because like most of it is just like if they're really having fun, mm-hmm. you know, like if they're nerds. Like I love nerds, mm-hmm. like nerds about mm-hmm. anything. I don't care what you're a nerd about. Like I just want to listen to nerds because you can <laughs> learn so much, you know? So like if you're, if you're building a brand, like how many, I don't know how many founders are going to watch this or listen to this, you know, but like if you're have a hand in building a brand, you kind of, you, you actually do need to know a lot. Like, um, it's a wildly complex thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the more nerds you can talk to and the more that you kind of like just find joy in exploring all this crap it's actually like that's why I, that's why i do it you know <laughs> much to my wife's chagrin i think she'd prefer i be retired <laughs> at this point um i love it well so don't retire before you get the rivian i think it's it's part nah, of the retirement I, yeah, I package I, I need i need the truck I, I mountain bike a lot and driving the oh, tesla gosh. around the mountain bike trails is not it's not, <laughs> it's not it no not what the car was designed for <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny well it's been it's been such a pleasure um we're delighted to have you and thanks for joining. Yeah, man. This has been fun. Thanks, guys. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks, Matt.